I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, as always, our invitation to you is that you will speak to our hearts as we try to understand this relationship you're calling us into with you, with ourselves, and with each other. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. We're here today uh, as we worship together to also celebrate the Lord's Supper together, which we'll be doing in a few moments. But uh, as we prepare for that, I think uh, this text, this invitation, this command from Jesus to remain in him is uh, particularly uh, relevant as we think about taking the, the bread, the broken body, and the juice, the shed blood of Jesus. Je Jesus is here talking about the, the fruit, uh, this uh, fruit. Now, we're in New York City. We don't have a lot of grapes growing, but if you go out to Long Island or upstate, you'll find some vineyards, and this is the imagery that Jesus is uh, projecting here, the, the image of a of a, a grapevine. And in the grapevine, there are uh, leaves that blossom, and off of those, off of those branches from the, the, the leaves come uh, the delicious uh, fruit that becomes the, the juice that Jesus then used in, in his uh, illustration of his blood later. And so uh, his invitation to us, though, is to remain in him. And if we remain in him, well, we, those who remain in him, will bear much fruit. It does lead to a question, though, what is this uh, fruit that Jesus is speaking about? And uh, it actually reminds us of something that Paul, the great communicator about what Jesus did, uh, says later in the New Testament in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, Paul describes the fruit, the same fruit that Jesus is talking about. He says, the fruit is love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so Jesus says, if you remain in me, if you abide in me, if you stay connected to me, the Father is working, kind of give, fleshes out this illustration, and he's pruning, and he's cutting off the branches so that the other branches can bear fruit. And then the fruit are these elements that, as humans, we're inherently all looking for. I mean, who is not longing for more love and peace? patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in this world, but not only in this world, but in our lives. We're longing for these things. And so Jesus' invitation, Jesus' command is that we remain in him. If we confess faith in him, he is able to give us these elements in which we're all longing for, which everyone in humanity is looking for. And then Jesus kind of gets even more specific because Jesus focuses, as you continue to read the passage in John chapter 15, he focuses on that one essential element that, that kind of everything else comes out from, the element of love. Uh, Jesus is, is very concerned for his followers that they're going to they're gonna have this, this part of the fruit, this element of love. And so if you continue on in John chapter 15, 
and verse 9, Jesus says this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. By the way, if you remember, uh, Jesus was asked specifically what are the greatest commands, and he summarized the commands by saying, uh, love for God and love for our brothers and sisters in humanity. That's what the commands are about. So if you remain in my commands, uh, my love will remain in you. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus is, uh, 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 is indicating this reality that we receive joy as we're connected with him and as these elements of the fruit are evident in our, in our lives. We're going to be joyful. It's good for us. And so he finishes with this. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. This is my command, love each other. Jesus solidifies everything and clarifies that everything really comes back to this relationship that God is calling, or these relationships that God is calling us into, relationships that are designed to be rooted in love. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, and then the invitation is that we will also experience uh, love with each other. The problem, though, of course, is loving other people is difficult. <laughs> people are difficult. People are annoying. You're annoying. <laughs> so it's hard for other people to love you, and it's hard for you to love other people. And so this all sounds great. Remain in me, and you're going to have love. But loving people is difficult. It's difficult. People come from different places and have different experiences, and they have prejudices, and we have prejudices. And so it's hard to, to love each other. Uh, thankfully, uh, Jesus knew this. And so Jesus' invitation for us to love is built on the premise that he came to love for us. And so as we confess faith, as we acknowledge that, that it's God's work in us that helps us to do that which we cannot do, then we understand that we don't have to manufacture love for annoying people on our own. As we confess faith in Jesus, God is able to give us these things. These are the fruit of the Spirit. It's God working in us that helps us to love other people. Listen, in this broken world, is there anything that's needed more than love for other people, especially other people that you don't completely understand? By the way, you're not going to understand everyone. You know, sometimes we think, uh, uh, well, you know, I need to understand them, then I can love them. It doesn't, there are people you're just not going to be able to understand. You're not going to get why they're doing what they're doing, why they're saying what they're saying. Jesus doesn't say that you have to understand them. Jesus' invitation is to love them. And so we're not going to always understand everyone that we're called to love. And that's, again, why we need the Spirit. We can't do this on our own. If we're going to be a community here that loves each other, even the annoying among us, if we're going to be loved even though we're annoying... We need God's Spirit working in us. And so, again, in a few moments, those of us here in person, we're going to break this bread and juice together. Those online, this would be a great time to go get some bread and juice. It doesn't matter what kind it is. If you've got any bread-like material or any juice-like material in, the, in your uh, cabinet, great time to go get that now. And in a few moments, we're going to break the bread and we're going to drink the drink, recognizing that it is not our work that gets the job done. 
It's not us manufacturing love for other people that's going to get the work done. It says we confess faith, we take the bread, and we take the juice into ourselves. God is able to work and help us to be loving to those around us. And what does the world need today more than people who are loving? And so may God do this in us today. Give us his love as his spirit works within us and as we confess faith in him. But before that we do that, we're going to sing more together. So why don't we stand and we're going to sing and we're going to pray and then we'll eat together.